Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Well, what a joy to be together tonight. So glad to, to see each and every one of you. Thanks for coming and being with us. We're in a sermon series we're calling Fully Engaged. And last week we talked about how we wanted to be fully engaged in Bible reading and prayer because it's the lifeblood of, of who we are. I like this concept of being fully engaged. I was kind of thinking, when I think of engaged or engagement, you know, I, I think of being engaged to my wife. You know, when I was young and people were in a relationship and they were thinking that this might get really serious, I've, I've told you before, we did something we called promise rings. And you might recognize that term. You would give a, a promise ring. It, it's, it was different than an engagement ring because a promise ring was, I don't know, I promised to maybe want to marry you someday and I'd like to, I, I, mean, I don't know. It's, so it was partial engagement is kind of what it was. And uh, but yet, when you gave the engagement ring, you were fully engaged, you know, then. And so many of us live our Christian life with, yeah, it's a promise ring kind of a thing. It's just this partial kind of engagement with life. Instead of being all in, fully committed, all out for what God would have us to do. And so as we look at this concept, we're going to look at a lot of different things about how we need to serve. And that's what we're going to talk about next week, how we need to know the Bible so we'd be ready to give an answer uh, how we need to, uh, to, to not walk straddling the fence, being friends with this world and friends with God. But tonight, the concept is one of giving. You know, we talked this morning about, and we're, and we're calling this from the heart. And our, our text tonight is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. So you might want to turn in your Bible to that passage. This morning, we talked some about our giving, and especially our financial picture for the year. And it... And, and, it's good to have a plan. I mean, we need to know where we're headed and what it would take to get to where we think God is wanting us to go this year and how we want to give over $400,000 to missions and mission trips and missionaries. Overall, you put the whole plan together and it represents a $2,000 a week uh, increase of over, what, of over last year. And that's a real stretch. That's a real challenge. But if we give from the heart... We will be doing what God would have us to do, and we can meet that goal. But it requires us to give sacrificially. But more importantly, it requires us to give from our hearts, which means that we can give cheerfully. When you think of, of giving and being a gift giver, are you, are you a good gift giver or maybe a not-so-good? I'm in the not-so-good category. I'm definitely in the not-so-good category. I tease my wife a lot about the gifts I've given her over the years and and she would uh she'll laugh and i mean if she really liked the gift i gave her she'd say who got this for me because <laughs> she knew it wasn't me it's <laughs> good so you like it that's what I, I arranged to have a gift that you would like this year quite frankly i think she probably liked some of the gifts that i gave her that were not things that she would inherently like but they were something i at least thought a little bit about are you a good gift giver and if you think about it, what makes a good gift giver? 
I'm afraid that some of you think about giving to the Lord. And by the way, you don't give to the church. You don't give to support a budget. You give to the Lord. And if you're giving for the other things, you want to control it. But if you give to the Lord, you release control. You don't have control. You release control. And you can have some confidence, though, that the Lord uses our shepherds, you know, the people we prayed about and thought about to help make sure that his funds are used in a good way. But what makes a good gift giver? So many times when we think about our giving, even gift giving, we think about the concept of do I have to? <laughs> In fact, uh, I see a lot of parents out there. How many times this week will you hear the word, do I have to? Do I have to do it? Do I have to? You know, when you hear that, most parents will give this nice little speech about consequences. No, you don't have to, but here are the consequences if you don't. And here, here are the results if you do. Consequences. For many of the kids out there, they get very sick and tired of hearing of the word, hearing the word consequences. But when God talks to us about a heart, giving from the heart, he starts talking to us about consequences. In our text, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, in the first verse we're going to look at tonight, verse 6, Paul says, Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You see it? He's talking to us about consequences. Do I have to? If you do this, these are the consequences. If you do this, this is the consequences. You know, there are a lot of things that we have to do to get what we want. So do you have to give to the Lord? No. That's not even the right question. Have you ever seen a child who wanted to keep the toy but gave it instead? In fact, I, I love going to preschool or young kids' birthday parties. They generally bring things that they want to give. I mean, no, they want to keep, but they, they bring what they want to keep to give. And have you ever noticed how a child gets better at the giving as they mature? Sometimes I feel pretty immature. Because the things I, I have, I want to keep instead of give. But there's joy in gift giving. There's joy in giving the perfect gift. Have you ever given the perfect gift? And so do you have to give? No. You don't have to. It's your choice. But if you want to reflect God's heart in this world you will be a giver because giving is a reflection of God's heart God is a giver you just can't escape it what's the first verse you think of mine was John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life he's a good gift giver he gave and with God, giving is not something that's static or self-centered. God's actions in giving Jesus define true love. Because when you love, you're willing to sacrifice for others. And this love expresses itself without any assurance that you're going to get anything back. I mean, it's a true principle. If you want to have friends, you need to be a friend to others. 
If you want people to treat you in a certain way, give that away. But if the sole purpose for doing that is just so they'll give it back, that's one thing. That's not how God gave, and that's not how we should give. God loves always sought a way to meet the needs of those that he loved. And so if you want to have friends, don't be a friend so you can have a friend. Be a friend. Meet the needs of those around you. And I think you'll find that your needs are coming closer to being met. We need to reflect God's heart. Jesus would put it this way in Matthew 6, 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so if you act in that way, if you give in that way, that's where your heart will be, and that's what you will likely find. Does our heart reflect where our treasures are? In other words, what's your focus in life? What occupies your thoughts and your time? What do you treasure? And you know this isn't limited to finances. It's, we're talking about giving of our, our hearts, our lives, our time, our energy. Anything that we value so much that it becomes an idol shows us where our heart might be. And Jesus modeled that for us. I mean, he didn't, he had what we needed. And yet he didn't grasp it. He came to this earth and being born as a, as a servant and died death on a cross so he could meet our needs, not so that we could be where he was. So he didn't stay where he was. He came to meet our needs so we could be forgiven and be in heaven as well with God. Giving is a reflection of God's heart. God is a giving God. So do you have to give? Maybe a better question is, would you like to reflect God's heart into this world? So back in our text, 2 Corinthians 9, verses 8 through 10. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. God gives us all we need to be giving people. Everything we need to do every good work in a great way, God's going to give us. You ever thought, I wish I could give that to somebody? I'm talking about a gift now. But have you ever thought, I wish I could do this? I wish I could accomplish this? I, I just want to tell you, according to this text, you can because of God. God is going to give you everything you need, all that you need, so that you will abound in every good work. We have, God gives us what we need to do what God would have us to do. Verse 9, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. The question is not what can't I do, but what can I do with what God has given me. Verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. God makes it possible for you, for me, for us to be a blessing. God makes it possible for us to live righteously. In other words, he makes it possible for us to do the right thing in the situations. We can do this right thing. Wow. That's great. Isn't that wonderful? Look at the last verse in today's text, verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. God is the ultimate gift giver. And without a doubt, that text is referring to Jesus Christ and the salvation we have. He is the source of all. But it also tells us that we have the ability to give. The question is, do we have the desire to give? God's extraordinary gift of salvation should motivate us to give generously to others. 
And giving in that way should lead us to be thankful for that indescribable gift. Should lead us into the presence of worship. And so my second observation tonight. Giving is an act of worship to God. Giving is an act of worship to God. Worship is a, an expression of awe or devotion or love. And that's what we should come to God with. Awed by what he's done. And express that love to him. In the Old Testament we see a lot of things about how giving enters into their times of worship. Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. This concept of first fruits might not resonate much with us today, but it definitely did with the Jewish people. But here's the concept. We give God the first, not the leftovers. So if you want to think of yourself as a giving person, this scenario would not fit. When I go into my garage and I see all the things that are piled up there that I haven't used in years and I really don't want anymore and I put them in my truck and I take them to a center that accepts gifts to help other people, eh, that's not what we're talking about here. What that is, that's not that bad. That's a good thing. That's being a good steward. I'm getting more space in my garage and I'm getting out things I'm not using and, and allowing it to be used for others. So do that. I'm all in on that. But that's not what makes me a giving person. That's not the generosity that we saw in Je in, through God in Jesus. That's not what we're talking about here. It's not given what I don't want anymore and I'm not using anymore, so I'll give that. It's given the best, the first. Honor the Lord with your wealth. I love that word, honor. It, it literally means to treat the Lord as weighty. In other words, to treat him as he is significant. Sometimes we call him a heavyweight in this world. He's a heavyweight in the field. He's, he's an outstanding person. By the way, when you treat me as weighty, that's not necessarily a compliment. I'm becoming weightier and weightier. But he, he's saying that it's important. And the opposite of that, there's actually a Hebrew word for the opposite of that as well. And it means to make light of. And so when you give from the first fruit... You're giving weight to God. You're not making light of God in this world. You're honoring God. And so you're using our, our, our money or our time or our talents to show that God is very important in this world. See, and when we give to God in this way, in worship, we're saying that He is important. Giving is an act of worship to God. Again, in the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 25, verses 1 and 2, Moses is building the tabernacle, and God has given him instructions. You realize that the all-powerful God could have built the tabernacle himself. But he let the people help build it. And you realize he could have furnished it himself. But he let the people join in. And in that list of instructions, here's what he says to Moses. Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. That's, that's what they want. I mean, there's a list of things there. You can read it. But what he wants is things that people's hearts are prompted to give. God wants our hearts. The Hebrew literally means whose hearts urge them to give. Prompts. It urges. It's, it's that source. The source of our gift of worship should be our hearts. And so, if the concept is, do I have to give, how does that apply? It's not a have-to situation. 
What God wants is a want to. We want to give. So back in 1 Corinthians 16, back in 1 Corinthians, in, we were in 2 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, we're introduced to this giving, this collection that he's taking up, that Paul is wanting the Gentiles to help send to the Jewish people in need. And he, he's trying to put into place a system to gather that. In 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 through 2, he gives these instructions. Now about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. And so these are instructions he gave to these early Christians about these funds to help the Jewish Christians in need in Jerusalem. And he says, do this when you assemble, when you come to worship me. Gather these funds. Giving is an act of worship to God. And my third and final observation is, giving expresses genuine love to God and others. Our actions help others see and give God the glory. Jesus taught this very, very clearly in Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good, deed, see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so in our actions, tonight we're talking about our giving. In our giving, who should be in the spotlight? The gift giver or God? And so when we give, it's not so people will see me and put me in the spotlight and say, what a wonderful man, what a wonderful person. Instead, they'll see our gifts and give glory to God. My actions should express my genuine love for God. And so when I give, I give in such a way that people see a genuine love that I have to God. And it is a sign to others of that love. So back in our text in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 11 through 14. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Giving does at least a couple of things mentioned here. God meets the needs of others through our gifts. Isn't that pretty powerful to think of? God is wanting to do this, and he wants to meet this need, and he's going to do that through us. And another even more powerful thought is those whose needs are met then give glory to God. You know, we've been talking a lot because we're so thankful that we were able to give to help the, the work in Zambia and all the people that are so hungry and, uh, and physically starving. And yet those gifts are given in such a way as... <laughs> I hope, and I don't think a single one of those folks in Zambia are saying, thanks to the Edmund Church of Christ. Man, I'd like to see a picture of those folks there so we can give them credit and glory. And you don't want it. The glory goes to God. And does that not just please you? Doesn't that just make you happy? Our giving expresses genuine love to others of who God is and how we feel about Him. So we shouldn't give for our personal rewards. We give so we can see God work. Our giving should express our genuine love to God. He should see it, and others should see it. Verse 12, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. 
I mean, we're thankful that people's needs are being met. But more than that, it's bringing people closer to God. Giving is not a strategy for financial growth. It is a way to bring praise and honor to God. Verse 13. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. You see, giving is just one of many signs that my love for God is authentic and my faith in God is real. It's one thing to say it. But for me, I need to, I need to show it so I'll know it and others will know it as well. It expresses my love. Continuing on. And for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. And when they think of us, they will think of God's grace working in our lives. And here he's talking about Gentile Christians with Jewish Christians and how they'll think of them and it will bring them together. It will bring their hearts together. What a beautiful thought to think that I can act, I can give in such a way that expresses that I genuinely love, my genuine love to God, and he'll see it. And expresses that love to others so they'll give God the glory. And brothers and sisters, sorry, but that's good news. That's good news for those who want to reflect God's heart and give worship to God and express their genuine love to God and others. You can do this. We can do it. And quite frankly, that should make you really happy. So do I have to give? Things we do and things we have to do to get what we want have consequences. Do you have to give a gift? Well, if you're a little child and your mom bought it for you and you went to the birthday party, yep, you have to. But there is great joy in giving the perfect gift. To see the person you give it to's face light up. And maybe even hear the words, that's just what I wanted, or even better, that's just what I needed. And quite frankly, many a parent has said that to a young child when they received a flower or a drawing something of little or no worth and it was true it's just what I wanted and just what I needed there's great joy in gift giving in giving the perfect gift so may we be people who give in such a way as it reflects God's heart may we be people who give in such a way as it shows our worship and honor and the weight that we place in God and may our giving express that we genuinely love God and expresses that to Him and to other people. Do you have to give? Or are you happy to give? So back up at the beginning of our text, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Do you have to give? The question is, are you happy to give? 
That's what God wants. So give with your, from your heart with gladness. The better question is, do you want to give? And for some of us, the answer, quite frankly, might be right now, no. And if so, I understand I've been there too. So much so that I learned to pray, God, help me want to want to. Help me want to want to do what pleases you. And God will. God will help you want to want to give. God will help you work on your attitude so that you can give from the heart. And quite frankly, God honors a prayer that says, God, just help me want to want to do what's right. I'm going to do it. Bring the desire. Bring that attitude into my heart. Help me be the kind of person that Jesus is. Help me to reflect your heart. Help me to express genuine love. God is more concerned about how a person gives rather than the resources a person has. The greatest gifts are not always the biggest gift. They're the first fruit gifts. And God himself was a cheerful giver. Just think of all that he's done for us. And may that bring generosity and joy into our giving. I get to give. Let's be grateful people. Well, we're going to stand and sing a song in just a moment. And I hope you've had a chance to reflect. I hope you'll spend that time of singing to reflect on the message. But also, if, if you're at a place where you need to come back to God, be restored in your relationship to Him, we'd love to receive you and pray for you as a, as a body. If you'd like to give your life to Christ, put Him on in baptism. There's no better time than right now. If there's anything we can do for you, we'd invite you to come as we stand together and sing. Who at the door?